0: Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode, guess, Ed. 672. No! <laughs>
1: 438. You're going to have to
0: keep going down.
1: 121. Up. Oh, 140. Closer. Is it up still? Yeah. F- 54. Getting warmer. Getting warmer. 172.
0: Ooh, really hot. <laughs>
1: 73. three four. Five. There you go.
0: Okay. Episode
2: 175. Oh. Thank a- God we made it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we barely made it. Uh, Ed was joking uh, before we hit record about what number we were on, so yeah. I just told him, I said, well, I'm going to make you guess. Okay. And so and he, so he we did, did not do a good and job. The, and they, I
1: <laughs> got there.
0: You did get there <laughs> with a lot of help and a lot of time, but we are on episode 175, so welcome. We're glad you're here, and we're glad Ed now knows the number. So- all right uh for those of you who are new i haven't done this in a while i thought i should do this uh i should introduce us
2: okay okay you should
0: ed the one who can't count yeah is is over to my right here Hi, yeah. say hi ed hi ed, <laughs> <laughs> say, ed. He's, he follows directions I apparently do. Well, and no, then I uh, and nathan's over here on my left he's yes. the one that is glad we made it yes and uh we are. Uh, this is Jason, and I'm Jason, and we are the teaching team at Community Christian Church. And uh, today we're going to be answering a question, which is what we mostly do on this podcast. We ask, we answer questions that people send us. But before we get to that, we have had some of our super fans. Which oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I told you they were there. They're there. And they're um, they're coming
0: out in forms. Honestly, I don't know if it's a super fan because it comes in on that form. It could be one person. It could be one person, but it was somebody. Who, a
2: super fan.
0: It was somebody who cared Super. enough to suggest names for this podcast. Oh,
2: I love it. All right. Well, let, let's hear. Wait a
1: minute. I should have don't held that. that <laughs> you, know, you know for sure that might not be don't true. Don't say that yeah Because
0: uh, you might not like these, or you might like them. We'll All see. Right. So someone, and they remain anonymous, so I'm, we don't know who did this. I'm going to listen this way because I'm not good at maintaining my reactions. Ah, okay. So they gave us three suggestions for what we should name this podcast. I'm ready. You're
2: ready? My, yes, I'm ready.
0: Here's the first one. Podcast for imperfect people. It's wordy. Well, then you're gonna hate the rest of them.
2: Okay. (laughs) Because that's if I'm giving honest feedback, it's just podcast for uh, imperfect people.
0: Yeah. So that's that's the least wordy of all uh, of them, but. I think they're trying to draw off of our old uh, uh, no motto, perfect No people. Perfect People no perfect people. I don't like we that. have
1: a podcast with imperfect parents? Or No, no it's called the Not, not Great, great
0: parents. parents. Oh,
1: okay. I, I, I don't know. it's not a fan. of that. <laughs> No, I, I actually like the content. I don't know those things. Yes. He does not those, those are really not things. the things that I hold on to. No. The, the
0: second suggestion was CCC Presents podcast for everyone okay
2: i take by the first one was not wordy that oh. one right there <laughs>
1: right.
0: that one right there that's right and then the third suggestion is similar to the first imperfect podcast for imperfect people
2: you know what that's actually more wordy but i'm actually okay with it because there's a rhythm to it really uh. well say it again imperfect podcast for imperfect people mm-hmm. i kind of like that mm-hmm. you know what i of the three that's my favorite wow imperfect pe- I'm a- podcast for imperfect people
1: okay if nathan's happy and we don't have to talk about it anymore i'm okay no let's
2: be clear i'm not happy i think our <laughs> super fans need to battle it out in a battle royale okay we need to have some are gonna, others are we, we gonna to- put
1: up some of those stupid brackets think, of i was i gonna tell you I this think- much
2: producer sawyer's a big fan of the bracket he said to me uh last <laughs> thursday we haven't done enough brackets recently <laughs>
1: How could that possibly be uh, we
2: no. we haven't done any no <laughs> We, we didn't mean on the podcast we've done we've done a few on the uh, social media on our on our social uh, media on Instagram oh, gotcha. but it's been it's been a hot minute was the Super Bowl the last one I think so yeah, yeah it's been a while Super dude. Bowl snacks That's been a while so been a little bit. We need to do <laughs> another one. We
0: should all fill out a bracket of some kind on this podcast
2: <laughs> and fill them out Sawyer's so a big fan of the brackets. So, okay. we get enough names. We get enough names, maybe, maybe, we'll, do we will. Okay. maybe so, we'll do that. Okay. So, so
0: there you go. There's the challenge. Super fans, send in all your suggestions, wordy or not wordy.
2: Wordy or not wordy. I like, we'll I like a little rhythm to it. A little purpose behind it too. Okay. a little, a little, a little purpose behind where we're going with it. And okay. I think we can I think we might we might land on something. All right. I appreciate whoever this super fan is. Me you, too. I can tell you put thought into they this. It took time. Mm-hmm, got a little lazy in the middle, but mm-hmm. that's all right. That's it was right. probably three o'clock in the afternoon. You had that what do they call it, that two o'clock feeling, <laughs> five hour energy. You needed a five hour energy, and then you could have done that. So, but that's all right.
0: All right. So remember that, and and if you have suggestions, you can put those in the form, links in the description, mm-hmm. or you can also ask questions, which is what someone did for us today. And Good. this one, this question for today might be the most personal. We've ever had on a podcast. Is a very personal question. Why is it
2: we don't like Jason? (laughs) What is our least favorite thing about jason <laughs> no that's not the question said, right. maybe that's more interesting than this no one. i don't think so but this i was like
0: okay I, I i was gonna let you go you just
2: said it was very personal to you At and i point, thought if we're getting no, no, personal I'm personal like, for all three of us oh, oh okay. personal for all of us it's so, a personal attack on all of us no no no, no, no.
0: not attack it's okay. personal Perfect. i want to know a personal question all right, right. so here's a question Would you mind sharing the backstory of what led each of you into a career of ministry? And what would you say are the best and worst parts of being a pastor? Mm. So this is our personal experiences they want to know about. Mm. So I would say this is really a super fan.
2: That's true. They want to know the whole history. That's right. I like it. I'm exactly. with it. I'm with it, yeah. Okay. They, they've got, like, they, they want to know all the lore behind the podcast. Mm. I'm with that. The, yeah. the man, the myth, the legend. That's the right. Lore. All right. <laughs> so and who, do you so have lore? I don't have any You are lore. the
0: oldest. So be, if anybody's got lore, lore. you have it.
1: Because yeah. you've
0: been around Not to, to accumulate time. more Lorer. lore than anyone. All right. And I just like that word. So who wants to go first? Is it the old guy who goes first?
2: That's what I think. I think we'll just go we'll go in order of age either way.
1: Okay. So, I'm so okay. I am okay. I I always say you know people want to hear about a call to ministry and uh, I had I didn't come up with this phrase. In fact, I didn't know this phrase until I heard Andy say it. But Andy always says Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley always says uh, not everybody's called. You can just volunteer.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, I, I'm not even sure I volunteered. I'm more, uh, I came to Christ in uh, in crisis and uh, trying to get my life back together. And um, as a part of that, I knew I needed to make some radical changes to my life, part of which was to change the college I was in at the time. And so I went to a Bible college uh, because that's where mm. the person that helped me become a Christian had gone, and it was nearby. And... Uh, So I enrolled there, and um, somebody there who was trying to mentor me into the next right steps with Jesus at the time said, hey, when somebody asks you to do something in the church, just say yes. Hmm. Even if you don't think you're equipped, even if you don't think you can, you just say yes. And, uh, you know, all I had really ever done in front of people before that is uh, sang and played music and that kind of stuff. But one of the first things I got asked to do was uh, to uh, do a devotion. And I didn't even wasn't even sure what that was, but I went to and watched somebody do one, and then I spat one out. and you know and then uh, so mine became more along the line of I just kept saying yes to more opportunities that came down the way. and you know, before long, I was serving in a church and um, and then eventually I was, preaching at the church and then I went from there and uh, I was teaching places and singing and doing things in church kind of stuff and uh, so went from that to help start a church and um, you know so that's my story I, Mm -hmm. I sort of have just kept saying yes and along the way Uh, That's how I came to ministry. I never felt the need to say no. um, And the Lord seemed to use what I was doing. I continued. You know, I had this thought the other day of, I guess some people get called into ministry because the church needs them. And I really believe, looking back on it now, I got called into ministry because I needed the church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm not confident that I would have been a regular, because I went to, believe it or not, for those of you who don't know, I went to Bible college and then after that for a little seminary with people that were in those places and never went to church.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: They, they didn't serve in church. They didn't attend church. Yeah. They just went to Bible college and did those things, and they thought that was enough. I think I had to be in church, and the church has been a big part of uh, helping me follow i mean it's been the biggest part in helping me follow jesus i needed the church mm-hmm. and more than the church probably needed me so <laughs> <laughs> that's uh probably why i got called to do the things that i have done mm-hmm. so I, I won't answer I, y'all want to answer both parts i, I yeah, still no, answer the first let's do the first one first okay and then we'll go back to the second part of the question so
0: i guess it's my turn if we're going down in age well, We're I don't I think we can skip. go up. We're not going to skip. So.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just but, joking. We can't. We can't go up. I don't uh, think I've ever actually heard your story. I know his story. I didn't know. I'm. Mean, I'm interested in what, your story, Jason. Well, all right. I hope
0: it's interesting. Um, Already bored. Yep. Okay. okay. Well,
2: <laughs> it,
0: I didn't. I don't think it is, but uh, maybe it is for some people. Um, I was. Different from Ed in that um, I grew up in church and was, you know, raised in church and had a very, uh, you know, very t- close ties to the church growing up. My parents, um, when I was born, were uh, student ministry leaders in their mm-hmm. church, um, working with teenagers. And so I can remember um, as a really young toddler, you know, being taken on lots of um ministry events for young people Mm. and stuff like that. And I was kind of like, you know, the kid that was toddling around where Mm. all the teenagers were were doing their thing. And so that was the very first initial exposure I had to church. Um, And then um, I grew up and became a teenager myself. My parents then moved on to other uh, places of ministry in the church. But what really did it for me, where my faith started to really become real to me was um i had a youth minister who kind of took me under his wing um he was very influential in my life and i think that's probably a key to everybody's story is there mm-hmm. there always yes. comes a person that god uses to really shape you in those formative kind of moments and I, I that was me um and for me it really became um It starts with, you know, I thought this guy was really great, (laughs) and he he was a great friend to me, and I just loved hanging out with this guy. Um, And the more I hung out with him, the more I began to do the things that he did Mm -hmm. uh, within our church. And he he saw, I I think now, saw the potential in me to do ministry for, you know— For a career, and he started just giving me opportunities Mm. as a as a high schooler. I didn't see it that way at the time, but looking back on it now, I do. Um, He would just invite me to come along, and I would just be with him. And I started realizing, as I started to love what he was doing, and he gave me more and more opportunities. And so, it got to the point where uh, I would say, I don't, I don't, I don't consider my journey a calling either kind of like ed was Mm -hmm. saying i don't see it as a light bulb moment where it was just bam god just said this is what you're going to do um for me it was more of a i tried a lot of other things and i started i started asking i I realized i I felt like i was asking the wrong questions I, i was about to get through with high school and I made really good grades, Um, I was really good in school, and so a lot of people were telling me, oh, you need to do this career, and they were all these high-achieving careers, because you're going to make a ton of money doing this, and you've got the potential to do that, and so I was like, okay, and so I started looking into all of that, and um, as I started knocking those things out of, no, I don't want to do that, I was realizing, oh, the only thing that's guiding my decision-making is money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I decided that I would take money off the table and success off the table, mm-hmm. and just say, "Okay, what?" And honestly, it wasn't even a spiritual question. It was, "What do I love the most?" Mm-hmm. And when I asked that question, it became real clear for me. I I love the church, mm-hmm. and I and I love um I love just pro- partnering with what God is doing in the life of His church to. Change people's lives. And when I got clear on that, everything just sort of started falling into place. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it became a, a an easy, not easy, um, a, a clear path mm-hmm. to what I should do at that point. So then I went off to Bible college. I uh, went to it, what, you, what was called Atlanta Christian College at the time. And uh, got a degree and didn't know what I was going to do with that. I just knew I'll, I'll go to any church that hires me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my attitude uh coming out of school i just want to be in the church somewhere and uh this one was the first <laughs> one in line <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, they hired me to, to to do youth ministry to begin with and it just mm-hmm. sort of developed from there and it and then it became a, a series like ed said a series of okay i'll do that and then okay i'll do that and i'll do that and it just grew from there and uh took where i am today so yeah yeah
2: well, that's cool. That is interesting. I knew parts of that. Once you started telling, I, I knew more of it than I thought I knew. Okay. But very interesting stuff. Right. So. So mine is um, I don't like you said. I don't know when when there was a specific time I felt a a calling. I think when I was really young, um, I kind of felt like this is something God wanted me to do. I do remember. And I don't remember when. I don't remember how old I would have been. I would have probably been 12 or 13. I went on a trip with my mom and one of my younger brothers up to Kentucky, where she was from, to visit her parents. Don't remember why it was just the three of us. But we had gone to church on Sunday morning, and I had gone into the youth group. And I came back, and I was like, that was terrible. (laughs) That's that's what I said to my mom. I said, that was horrible. And I said to her, I said, so there are churches where that's what kids feel about church. And she said, well, that's like a most, that's how most churches do youth group, you know, and it was a Sunday school. It was Mm a whole thing. And I said, um, I said, man, I said, "I, I just really feel like maybe that's something I should do is try and help kids not feel that way about church and about that. And I was about 13. Um, But most of my life, I did not want to do ministry because my dad was in ministry. And my older brother had already made a decision pretty early that that's what he wanted to do was ministry. I think I was probably 10 or 11 when he said, that's what I'm going to do. And John, for those of you who know John, once he makes a plan, there is no changing yeah, in that plan. No <laughs> It'd be interesting to hear whether it was a calling on his life or he just made the decision and it ain't changing. Mm-hmm. I've made the plan and yeah. it's a plan now. So I remember feeling at the time like, I don't want to do that because I think everyone's going to think that I'm just doing that cuz that's what my dad does and that's what my brother does and um, I was really focused on I'm going to I wanted to make it as a musician. I was really focused on I'm going to and by make it I don't mean become famous. I literally just wanted to be one of those guys who just makes a living playing music, mm-hmm. studio musician. I wanted to travel and do it. I just wanted to do that whole kind of bohemian lifestyle, but I'd been dating a girl since I was 15 and we knew we were gonna get engaged right after high school. And I remember make, making a comment to her about, we were trying to figure out where to do college. And I said, someone said, well, well you know, when we're in the van with my friends going, and she goes, was that a real thing you thought was gonna happen? <laughs> she said to me in 18, I said, what? She goes, me and you and your stinky friends were gonna get a van and travel the country? And I said, well, I thought, I mean, we said it. She goes, I thought it was just something you said. <laughs> So that didn't happen. Of
0: course not. No.
2: And uh, we did get engaged, and we got married. And at that point, my plan was to then just go, and I wanted to be a a studio engineer. I wanted to go learn all of that. And then uh, through a various amount of things, one of them was, you guys will remember, we did a uh, thing here at one point when we were doing multi-site. We called it Chapter 2. Yeah. Remember Chapter 2? And there was a big... Pushed to, to we did a campaign for it. And we asked mm-hmm. people, "Hey, mm-hmm. I don't remember how long was it? Two years to give money? Three? Three years? Okay, wow. yeah. three years to give money." I would have been seventeen or eighteen at the time, and I said to my then girlfriend, but we both knew it was going to be soon to be fiance. I said, "Hey, I, I want to commit to give this money." We were very strange at that point. We were actually already handling our money together, and I just said, "I said, but I don't know how it'll affect uh, our our future." you know, going to college, all that kind of stuff. I want to give more than I'm giving now. And she said at that time, she said, well, I figure you're going to end up doing ministry anyway. And I said, hmm, that doesn't sound right to me. But we (laughs) committed to it anyway. And so then when when we're married and I'm going to school for a business degree, um... And my plan was just to uh, I was I was working at the time at a Brewster's ice cream. It's a franchise thing. Not that I would do Brewster's forever, but I would do some kind of franchise thing. I was just gonna be one of those guys I'd own seven Taco Bells, or I'd own what I was just what I was gonna do. That Dang, was
0: you missed that.
2: I know I missed that. I was like, I'm just gonna go work at, a, work at some franchise, I'll then buy into it, and then I'll just buy a bunch and just manage a bunch of them. And I remember being on a on the college campus at West Georgia in Carrollton. And I had, I had attended a college campus ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sat in that college campus ministry. Wait a
0: minute. It was horrible.
2: And I had the exact same thought <laughs> that I did when I was 13 in Kentucky. I knew and, it. and I thought, this is terrible. <laughs> and I thought, so
0: no it's a theme with him. Yes,
2: I thought, so once again, I don't know whether it was a call or not. I thought. I could do better than this. Mm-hmm. And the thought that I had at that moment was, and I, I said to my wife, I said, maybe, maybe God wants me to try and do ministry. And at that time, there was a series of things happening in our church where there were some staff members leaving, that we were doing some restructuring of stuff. And the guy who was currently doing youth ministry was moving to do something else. And um, they asked me to come on kind of part-time and head up some stuff with the youth here and uh, take over that and it just kind of was all happening at the same time Uh, and I said yes to that and uh, then it's like you said then at that point it's just whatever the next thing is Mm it went from being part-time to full-time went from doing just youth ministry to doing a lot of our production stuff here and then you know to eventually speaking on Sundays and doing what I'm doing now and so yeah, I don't know if there's it was ever a specific like, oh, well this is 100%. There was a, mostly me mostly my journey has been me saying no to God. y'all I thought it was when y'all were saying y'all were saying just saying yes to the next thing. Mine was mostly no, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. And then eventually I got to a point where I felt like this this seems like the inevitable thing that, mm-hmm. that probably God has been mm-hmm. wanting me to do the whole time, and mm-hmm. I just was ignoring it. And then once I said yes, as people often have experienced with, I'm sure, other things in your life, it just—things suddenly got easier. A lot yeah. of less resistance, yeah. a little bit more right. peace yeah. with what it was. So
0: So what you're saying is that you could keep saying no, and it really wouldn't matter.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so those are the backstories. Now the second part of the question is, what would you say are the best and worst parts of being a pastor? I, I think I think mine might be
1: the same. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't you, know. I, don't know. It just, I haven't really thought about that. So okay. you're saying I'm a, the
2: best and worst parts you are the yes, same. I, I what think first, I know
1: my best part, but yeah, I don't have
0: to think about it. That's what first came to my mind when go I read ahead. the question. I thought, well, you know, and, and I, I think maybe I heard you say this one time, Ed. Okay. Um, or something similar to this. The best and worst parts of being a pastor are that um it's it's the way I've seen people change so much mm-hmm. and how little I've seen people mm-hmm. change. And and that's the worst part. Mm-hmm. Um the frustrating part of the not seeing movement in people's lives mm-hmm. when I when I see so much that could potential happen, the potential yeah. for that to happen or uh, so, I, I honestly, what came to my mind was the best and worst is just working with people. But that's what the job is. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. It's a people job. And, you know, the old joke we've said, you know, if it wasn't for people, ministry would be easy. Yeah. Um, But it's the job. It's what we do. It, we It is a people business. A lot of people don't, I don't think, realize that because I think when they think about being a pastor, it's it's a very
2: oh, yeah. kind of
0: spiritual kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, A very ethereal kind of thoughts,
1: but it's not. It's very messy people kind of work. And I think for me, the further I've gotten into it, the more I've realized that. That still is, even more so nowadays as I get older, that's becoming even more clear to me. I I love people. I've always Mm -hmm. liked people. That's not true. (laughs) But mostly, I have enjoyed being with people. I enjoy interacting with people. But... I have, you know, I I enjoy pastoring people, which is a part of, you know, just caring about, trying to help them take next steps, trying to help them figure out how do they follow Jesus in their everyday life. That challenge to me is is a very interesting challenge wherever people are in their life. Uh, I think the best part of ministry for me this is this is easy for me because I, I reflected on this several times. I'd say the most beneficial part of ministry to me has been there are very few scenarios that I have come up to in my life that I haven't already counseled somebody in mm, that situation. Yes,
2: that's true.
1: Uh, that I have I have learned on other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm way more than I ever thought would be possible. And I have learned from some of the most godly people that I have watched do things right. Mm-hmm. And I don't I have had access to the good and bad of people's lives yes. that has benefited me in my life life in ways that I would not have expected when I started into this just going I remember being a young youth minister and watching parents do things that because I had access to their teenagers, I would go. That's that's going to be tough to recover from. You have just mm-hmm. you've you've stepped over a line where your kid doesn't really trust you anymore. Right. And I thought, boy, of all the things I don't want to do, mm-hmm. when I have a. a, a a uh, teenager is I don't want to go over that line
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah and then you know inevitably you're at points when you're in parenting where your your fear or your anger or something gets bad and you could now that I know where the line is and I could see it I just go oh I am right at the line man mm-hmm. and I don't think I ever stepped over that line but I probably would have had mm-hmm. I not had that benefit of yeah, watching people, and then I had some people I watch do it really well. I mean, mm-hmm. do it really, really, really well, and go, I want to, I want to do that like that. Even though that's not really my personality. Same is yeah. true with money. Same is true with marriage, uh, with grief, with um, how to handle disease, how to how to handle how do you go through things like that. Uh, that is a privilege,
0: I think, for us. Yes. doing what we do is to be able to sit in the middle. Of all those things, and see it from an objective kind of Mm -hmm. place. um, It, I say, it's a blessing, but it's it's also a hard thing too. You know, to watch because, you know, I think about a couple incidents I've had recently. You know, you, when when people are at their worst, when the worst thing happens, you, a lot of people come to your office Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a pastor. That's right. They knock on your door. I had it happen last week. Somebody, the worst day of their life, happened last week. Mm -hmm and and they knocked on my door yeah and and i and i wish i could say that um i'm shocked but not much shocks me mm-hmm. anymore no. um and i was able to to listen to that story with a you know hopefully a, a calming presence and go i'm with you and yes. we're gonna walk through it with you um but so that i think you talk about best and worst those the fact that you get to do that and and also like you said learn from it mm-hmm. I, I see as a good thing but and this is a part you got to really work at is it is the worst <laughs> and it hurts and it's hard and it's messy and you got to make sure you don't take that home that's right that you don't let that get too ingrained cuz i've i this is a sad part is most of the guys that i went to school with to become pastors or ministry workers they're out of the game that's now. right almost all of them i mean I, it's hard for me to point to some guys that i went that i was lived in a dorm with that we were all going to be ministers and i i can probably count on one hand how many guys are still in it
2: mm-hmm. and
0: aren't doing something else because that life sometimes gets a hold of you it it attaches itself to you in some kind of unhealthy ways and if you're not if you're not handling that in a healthy way and you're not you don't have the support system around you to do that uh, it can it can eat at you and it'll it'll bring you down Mm -hmm. either either in a sometimes it's a moral failure or sometimes it's just an emotional mental kind of thing you just can't handle it or for some guys i know they just they didn't handle it well they got they got on top of it that's and right. they were going to become, you know, I'm going to control all of it and I'm going to be bigger than that. Or,
1: you know, I'm going to rise above all that. And then pride knocked them back mm-hmm. down and all that kind of stuff. So I think my temptation in that has <laughs> been in situations like you're saying where somebody is, something that's blown up is early on, I really wanted to make the situation better. Yep. And I realized now older all I can really do is be with them
0: mm-hmm.
1: help them figure out what's the next right thing to do mm-hmm. but they they have to take the step mm-hmm. they have to do the work I can I can walk with them yeah but um I I could get really in on myself that I didn't do it right because they didn't wind up right mm-hmm. but I'm finally at the place mm-hmm. that I can stand back and go no I have to all I can do is is help. I can yeah. just I can give you the information. I can stand by you, support you. And I can help you do parts of it, but you got to do it. In my current counselor training, um,
0: they've said it this way, and I apply this to ministry too. Um, they said if you're working harder than your clients working, you're working too hard. That's right. right. That's and, right. Um, that's something that I was like, oh, I needed that when I was a young pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're they're right. I think they said you know the work has to be done by the person themselves. That's right. You're a help. Yeah. You're a guide. I'm, I'm providing tools. Yes. I'm providing resources, right. but you have to do it. But you need to let them work.
2: That's what I would say probably is the, you know, whether it's the worst part or not, I, I don't know if I want to phrase it that way. I had the same thought when you did, I didn't phrase it the way you do, but I thought the best and worst part is people. <laughs> the best part, obviously, I think everyone, I think, well, maybe not everyone gets it, but certainly anyone who's done ministry, there, there are lots of People throughout my people that I've been directly involved with, and people that I've just got to be kind of on the sidelines of—that mm-hmm. you just watch God transform their life yep. and transform their family, and just see all these things that you get to be a part of. Um, you know, um, that just grow all of that. And then the, wor- the worst part with the people, I think for me, is not even—I think for mine, it is sometimes watching people just miss jesus overall they get really and we all do i come i'm in the middle of a crisis and i want that crisis fixed and that for a lot of us jesus becomes the means to fixing my thing but he doesn't become the end of what it is and just watching people you know because mostly the people uh, mostly people in our church who are in their uh, 50s and 60s don't show up at my door just because of the, my age and and the fact that we have older people on staff who they get, most of the people who show up in mine they don't even show up in my door because that's not the way younger people do right. they show mm-hmm. up on my phone yeah. or they show up to me on a sunday morning and we have a conversation and often it's people at my stage of life or younger that i'm talking with um and life is really hard and their feet get pointed in the right direction for a while um, and they're moving because Jesus is fixing what the thing is, but then kind of when the storm passes or when the crisis goes, um, Jesus kind of gets lost in the weeds of the life. And, uh, you know, that's hard. And I think the way I—you I, know, Steve Clark said it to me early on, which was really helpful to me just in ministry. He, he, the way he said it was, I find—and he was speaking in his own experience— You know, because that's what Steve does. Steve doesn't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. Steve, Steve just says in his own thing. He just said, "I find that I often want things for people more than they want them for themselves." Yeah. And I wouldn't say that's the worst part because one thing I love is that God has given me this desire to want things for people. That love means I want it for them. I think the other part, though, of love is accepting the fact that they don't want it. And if they want to walk away from it, that's what love allows them to do. That God allows them to even walk away from what might be good for them. And so, you know, there are people in my life right now that um, I have said to them, I don't think the direction you're heading is the correct direction, um, but they're continuing to walk that path. And um, there's a part of me, I think, that at times— you know, it would be easier if I just didn't want it for them anymore and just go, well, they're going to do what they're going to do. And, you know, you know what I mean? But that wouldn't be loving. But that wouldn't be loving. And the, that's the hard part, I think, in ministry is being willing to still carry those people in your heart and go, I'm going to still pray for them and they're still regularly on my mind and I'm still going to love them. And there's a way in which there's a little bit of suffering. It's almost like a parent, you know. A lot of pastoring is like being a parent in that I I know where God wants you to be. Um, uh and even if I don't know the direct thing you should do, because people often come, I'm sure you have this happen. They go, "What should I do?" And I go, "I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I'm not in your situation. What I know is Jesus. If you will meet Jesus, He will lead you. That I know ultimately where you need to be is with Jesus. Yeah. Um, and you know, and when you parent and your kid is off track, you can't just cut that part of. I'm not going to feel it anymore. You suffer with them, but you also can't make the decision for them. And so that's, I don't know how I'd call that the worst part. It definitely is hard, though. It well, is a hard part. It's
0: the burden you carry. Right. It
1: is. You know, that's yesterday uh, in the message, uh, the part that, you know, I shared Kelly was on the, doing part of the teaching, and she talked about uh, the light and momentary stuff mm-hmm. of Paul, yep. and then she gave the examples out of Corinthians. The last part of that that I think you know generally in the way they would list things whatever's the last thing is the hardest thing right mm-hmm. and the last thing paul mentions is the daily care for the churches mm-hmm. beating wasn't the hardest thing shipwreck wasn't the hardest thing uh, it was it was the daily weight you carry of caring about the people in the church and and that's true yep. it, it you know and you know i when you stay somewhere 33 years which at this point, that's how long it's been for me here. If you stay long enough and you try to handle those situations, which I haven't always done well, you can be here long enough to watch people walk away, and you're brokenhearted. And then often you'll see some of them come back, and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, there's joy in that. And and. Even then, at that moment, you're like, I don't know if this is the final time. That's right. Uh, I said to a guy this week, you know, in the program, 12 Steps, um, one of the things is, you know, you get a white chip every, the first day you're sober. And often the proof that you're really going to make it is you have to get a bunch of white chips sometimes before Mm. you can ever get to, I get a full week. I I made it a day, but then I blew it. Uh, I made it a day, I blew it. And then finally, you get a week, and then eventually you get a month, and eventually, you know, mm-hmm. you you never know when that's going to kick over, and that's for a lot of people. That's the way it is with following Jesus. Yes, and I've had that too, you know. Oh yeah. In different areas. Well, I, was, I was about to say that another part of it is the way that I have had people pastor
0: me. Oh, you know, oh that's yeah. for sure. Through the whole thing. That's right. And that's been one of the greatest privileges of the whole
2: deal. That's all part of the people too. I think that's the part that sometimes I don't think I knew and I don't know that there was a way I could know going into it. You know, I think often when you're not on the pastor side of it, when you're on the congregation side of it, it often feels like, you know, the pastors are up there and they have things to share. But there's a, there's a large part of what my job is, is just Learn, like you said, learning from other people who are doing it well, learning from people who aren't doing it well, having people who come and minister to me when life is tough and give me a break and help me with all of that. But that all comes back to the people. I think, you know, pastor is it's just the role that we have within the church, but it is it is uh, no greater or less than any any other role. It's just another gifting. It's the particular someone has to do the role within the church. And uh, because of the amount of effort that has to be put into it, it it tends to get more of the attention, but that does not necessarily mean it is greater or less. I, I have several people in this church who I know are praying for me every day, uh, and that is a huge blessing to me. Uh, it makes it easy to go. It makes it easier on those days um, when you think of—you know, I think of the people who were—you know, I've had in a small group or in a discipleship group or former students— who now um, you know, no longer follow Jesus, and they think very highly of me still. Uh, mm-hmm. they, at least they tell me they think mm-hmm. very highly of me still. We're on good terms, um, but I'm not sure that they still feel that way about Jesus, and I think that breaks my heart, and it makes, makes those days very difficult. But then there are other people within the church who even I haven't even had an influence on. They're just people within my church who are building into me and blessing me in those days, that makes it easier. And so right. I think it's just like any other thing in the church, the people is what makes it.
1: Yeah, it's the mutuality of it. It's uh-huh. the mm-hmm. There's just a lot of mutual benefit that comes from belonging to the body of Christ. It. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I wish I had a better way to uh, express it to people who don't experience it. Uh, the idea that I could follow Jesus alone Mm-hmm. Is not attractive to me. No. Uh, <laughs> once you've experienced the other, it, no, it's not. It's not, not the way it it's is. Not it's not described be. that way. Yeah. And once you've experienced it the other way, it is just too good. It's just too good. Mm-hmm. good. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope we didn't go too long. But that's what you get for asking a personal question. That's right. Yeah. But we, uh, I, I will say, whoever asks us this. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to share that. It was very nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, something we don't get to talk about very often. So, all right. So that brings us to the conclusion, uh, which means I will tease next week. For those of you who are super fans, I'm really good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Next week, uh, someone wants to know uh, what we think about the prosperity gospel. All right. That'll be fun. Well, there we go. So you show up next week. We'll talk about that. Stay tuned to uh, in a couple of days, if you're watching this when it drops. The Not Great Parents podcast. That's true. It'll come be back. another great episode, I'm sure.
2: Well, we'll see, hopefully. We're, we're going for good. So, good, good not, not great. Good, not great. Oh, we're all going right.
0: for good. Our bar here is probably even lower than that.
1: That's right. <laughs> so, come back next week in one minute. We're okay. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> see you then. Bye. Bye.